Welcome everybody to another episode of Kingdom Family Talks. Uh, my name is Scott Wilson and I'm part of the team here at Global Mission Awareness and I'm joined with Leif Hetland today. Leif, it's great to be with you. Oh, it's so good to be with you. <laughs> and you just got back from Chile yesterday. I did. And uh, an amazing time with uh, several thousand young people and uh, yeah, we're just excited to hear stories from that and, and uh, we're excited to be with you today. Uh, this is actually a very special um, episode of our podcast. If you're listening to this, uh, that means that uh, transition is in our midst. And uh, Leif and I wanted to take uh, some time today and connect with the family uh, because I am actually transitioning out of my current role as executive director with Global Mission Awareness. And um, it's uh, sad news, but it's exciting news. Uh, we, we always look at transition as uh, as a healthy season, as a healthy opportunity for growth and um I have been part of the team here at GMA for a little over two years uh, on the ground here in Atlanta, and what a ride it has been, and uh, <laughs> lots of lots of crazy things and lots of amazing things <laughs> yeah. as well. And uh, just isn't that how life is? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Jump in the deep end and swim like mad. <clears throat> so, uh, we, but we just we wanted to take an opportunity today because uh, we've communicated to a lot of the family um, that about this season of transition and uh, a lot of people very supportive of, of what the Lord's really been leading us through together but I think it's important for us to uh, unpack that a little bit and uh, but also just reflect on our time together um, over the last it's, it's almost been three years um, in terms of our hard connection uh, but it has been almost eight years since uh, wow. I first met you. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, it'd be fun to kind of explore some of that. Yeah, and the interesting thing was my first trip to Australia, uh, and I was with Bill Johnson and Randy Clark. And actually, that started about a year earlier mm. because for 10 years, God had told me to go to Australia. Yeah, and I wow. started to get invitations for 10 years. And I was sitting in Southampton, England with Bill and Randy, and we were just having lunch. And he said, hey, would you want to go with us to Sydney? Mm. And at that moment, after 10 years, something clicked in my spirit. Yeah. And we went over to Australia together. And I didn't know at the time period that, that somehow in it, uh, we got connected indirectly. But it's just the way that God sets things up. Yeah. And, and, and through that connection, God continued to work. And it's just beautiful to see when mm. you see the God connections, even mm. from the beginning, the timing of things. Mm. And then also just some of the journey that we've been, have been in together and got through. But also it's that this is just the beginning. It's mm. not the ending point. It's just a transition point. So. Yeah. But even for you, can you just share a little bit what actually happened or mm. what, what took place? Eight yeah, years so ago? I think the the event that you're referring to is uh, it was Randy was ho hosting one of his uh, schools of healing and impartation, I believe it yep. was, and it was at Dayspring Church in Sydney. Uh, at the time, it was being pastored by David and Narelle Crabtree, who are still uh, grandparents of the house there, yep. and um, and uh, I had actually it actually if I take it back. Uh, uh, it, it, my journey started in, in May of 2010 uh, where some people said, hey, we're going to this event. Uh, there's this crazy missionary couple from Mozambique, Heidi and Roland Baker, um, come and hear them. And that really started, I suppose, the awakening of this journey. Uh, I, I had a, a, a pretty amazing encounter there um, and, and really had my eyes opened, I think, to what was really um, available to me. Mm. And um, and so that was in May of 2010, and I really wanted to go to Harvest School. I'd picked up a flyer 
um, and uh, put it in my Bible. Couldn't go because of work commitments. But uh, after those commitments passed in July uh, of that year, uh, the same group of friends said, hey, we're going down to this event in Sydney. And uh, Bill Johnson's going to be there. Randy Clark's going to be there. And this other guy is a Norwegian guy. We don't know who he is, but his, life's, his name is Leif Hetland. And, and so I said, yeah, I'd love to. And I went down, and, and it was an incredible weekend. It was very powerful, um, a lot of impactful teaching. But the message that really struck my heart was the baptism of love. Mm. And uh, that was something that in my spirit, I was like, that's what I'm hungry for. And uh, Randy, as he does, you know, holds, hosts impartation session. And, 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 and I, I, had a, I had an experience, but I didn't have an encounter um, in, in that process. But at the end of the event, I knew that I needed you to pray for me again. And, and I'm, I'm quite a reserved person in, in ways, and I'm not that sort of nagging person. Oh, pick me, pray for me. But uh, I knew that I needed... Didn't you have that touch me t-shirt Yeah, I had on? that t-shirt, yeah. And <laughs> the bright neon lights. Under one. Yeah, under <laughs> one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, far from the truth. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, we, you know, it was, the, it was the very last session. It was the end of the night. I could already see that Bill and Randy were sort of exiting stage left and trying to get out of the building. And you had a few people around you. And, mm-hmm. and you had a, a gentleman by the name of Bob Beard, who uh, is, is an American man, and he, he, he had been serving you as your armor bearer and sort of assistant through that event. And I had noticed him. The Lord had highlighted him to me, just the humility and the, the grace with which he had served you. And, and, uh, and I just noticed it. And I was trying to get to you to pray for me one last time. And, and I was probably, I don't know, 12 feet away from you, uh, mm. you know, four meters for those of us in metric system. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I didn't really think, I didn't have a lot of hope that I was going to, you know, be able to get you to pray for me. And uh, Bob was standing right next to me and the Lord just said to me, prompted me, he said, I want you to just encourage Bob and tell him that I see how, I, how he's served and how he's honored. And so I leaned over to Bob and I said, hey, Bob, you know, I just want to encourage you. I've seen the way that you've served this weekend. And um, it's just really beautiful to watch how you've honored life and and and, um, and he he looked at me and he said I receive I receive that he mm-hmm. said can I pray for you and he he put his hand on my chest and he released over me exactly what I wanted you to pray for me he released a baptism of the father's love over me and the power of God hit me I ended up on the floor paralyzed on the floor and uh, had an open vision and uh, and the I won't go into too much detail, but it was it was connected to Mozambique. It was connected to my calling. It was connected to Africa, the nations, and and uh, the Lord said, "Your journey has to start in Mozambique." And uh, and so I opened up my Bible. I came out of that encounter. I opened my Bible, and the Harvest School flyer fell out, and um, and uh, and and that basically solidified my decision to to quit my job and to to move to Mozambique mm-hmm. about a month later and 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 join Harvest School. So it was a very significant weekend for me um and uh and i didn't i didn't become an avid sort of follower of of your teaching or different things i'd read some of your books by then but uh went through harvest school and i had an amazing encounter on the first day of harvest school actually in regards to the baptism of love mm-hmm. uh, heidi was baptizing all of the mozambicano uh, bible school students and uh, she she had invited anyone from harvest school to be baptized after them and and uh and I had already been baptized, you know, a couple of years earlier by one of my pastors. And, and I really felt uh, that I didn't need to be baptized again, you know. And uh, so I was out in the water and I was helping all these people, you know, 
try to stay afloat because they couldn't swim. And, and uh, in this beautiful setting, it's one of the top five dive spots in the world. Some of you may have seen photos. And it's just very picturesque. And there's no waves. It's a very still bay. There's, there's very little wave uh, activity. And um, standing there, and we'd been in the water a couple of hours. You know, several, several people had been baptized by this point. And I could see that Heidi was wanting to leave. You know, it was one of those moments where she's, okay, I need to, to get out of the water. And and I looked out to the ocean and this wave was coming in from the full width of the bay. Hmm. It wasn't a huge wave, but it was a very obvious wave. And the Lord just said to me, he said, do you see that wave? I said, yeah, I see. I see that wave. And he says, it's a wave of my love. Wow. I want you to go and ask Heidi to baptize you in my love. Which, if you unpack that theologically, I'm not quite sure how that all fits in and everything. But that's what my experience was. And so I walked up to Heidi and I said, hey, I, I need to be the last one. And... Uh, and it was, an, it was an act of obedience. It was a boldness thing because it was very much outside of my comfort zone to, to be that irritation of the, the last person, you know, which already had 20 last people. But I did it and, and I went up and I, in, in a very succinct way, I just said, I, I, she said, why do you want to be baptized? And I said, I, I want to receive a baptism of the Father's love. And with that, the spirit flew me under the water, like sure. dunked me under the water and I came out. Uh, writhing in the spirit and uh, I remember Heidi just out of the corner of my ears saying well I haven't seen that before and that really started a journey of me being awakened uh, in terms of um, my sensitivity to the spirit and uh, it it was an incredible encounter and and it started a a series of of other amazing uh, experiences in Mozambique but uh, so that was my initial uh, experience. Um, and then some years passed, I came back to Brisbane, uh, Australia, which is where I'm from, and uh, started a business, started doing some study. Uh, my business, um, you know, with my business partner, became very successful and took over a lot of uh, my, my time. And, um, you know, I had some prophetic words um, from a good friend, David Wagner, who I'd met in Mozambique. He's a friend of yours as well, Leif. And amazing man and he had prophesied over me in Mozambique he said you're going to go home to Australia for a short period of time you're going to set some people on fire then you're going to leave the nation and you're going to travel the world mm. and uh and and so I came back thinking oh short season this is exciting six months maybe you know turns out about four and a half five years is the Lord's short season mm. and um and I'd lost a little bit of hope in regards to that word and uh, he had also a year later in Australia, in 2011, he um, at one of at an event he had prophesied over me that he said that he saw me actually moving to America and and being in America and and traveling the nations um, along with a few other things which haven't come to pass. But uh, you know, 2010, 2011, he foresaw this whole journey. And uh, fast forward to the start of 2000 and. It would have been 2016. No. No? Earlier. 2015. Started January 2015. Yep. That's right. Uh, I was just really reflecting on where I was at, and I felt like the Lord said to me, do you want to be doing what you're doing in five years' time? And, mm-hmm. and my answer was no. And uh, through a series of events, he started to um, uh, really challenge me to step out in faith. And I won't go into too much of the detail because it does take a long time, and we're trying to keep this succinct. But uh, he really... Um, yeah, he really led me to a point where I was available. Mm. And uh, we, we met in uh, June of that year. Um, and, and I drove you around in Brisbane um, for the weekend. And there was just, there was a heart connection. Mm. I think yeah, there no, was. I remember I just, uh, I told Bob Papa Jack at a time and later on 
called Paul Yaddo and which is some, I think most of the listeners know who he is and Benji and a few other people because I said uh, I just uh, uh, realized just the details how you served that was the first thing that I saw and I mm-hmm. even described it. it was very uh, I remember everything from the coffee when you came to pick me up but just it was you took care of all these different details in the life and one of the things we've had it was never for you to be a Tom Jones, but the word was a Tom Jones, the spirit, the way he had come in to take in Randy mm. and just kind of took all the burdens and lifted up of that Randy. So what yeah. Papa Jack had spoken that, and a year before, also the voice of the apostle, not one prophet came up and says, I'm going to send you somebody with the spirit of Tom Jones that is going to come in. Mm. And I knew what it meant because I was with Randy when he was going through a transition from one way of doing it to where Randy became more free organize his life, took care of a lot of the detail, mm. set the system in place, started to travel with Randy Clark eventually, and but then things was in place, and I just watched that over the years being with Randy, so that was also stirring in my spirit, and then mm. later on as we started to spend more time together, and I said, you also need to come to Malaysia with us, and so anyway, so it was just, I noticed a lot of those details, mm. and I remember the words also, and I didn't know before we started to talk about the connection then that had been from the first time I came to Australia yeah. that I waited 10 years and then later yeah. on your equation there and connection yeah. with Heidi and uh, Bob Beard also. But it's just to see how God sets things up mm. and then uh, mm. eventually for you to mm. come there to Malaysia and, mm. and, and the time came where I said, hey, Scott, mm. would you consider? And I know you have a business uh, mm. and even there I went to your coffee shop and I saw your business. Uh, I've been to your church and mm. knew a lot of your friends and got to meet a lot of the people around you there. And But just coming in there and saying, hey, will you come? And we talked about a two year season at least and didn't know what that was going to look like and mm. everything else. But uh, yeah, but something started to take place. There's been a phenomenal journey in many different ways. It's mm. not always easy, but that's yeah. that's the beautiful part of this, especially when we are now, when we're looking behind and we're starting to see yeah. uh, see how far we've come, not just me personal or family, but to see if you walked into the office today and you could see the feel of this office compared to what it was two years ago. Mm. Or if you are seeing, I mean, I think everyone that watches from our websites to our podcast, to anything that we're doing, and they can see this major upgrade mm. that GMA as a mm. kingdom family movement has been. And yeah. that is so much connected to honoring who you are and what you have carried in this season and and, and just the journey we've been able to have together. So it's yeah. uh, so I could feel it even this morning. I talked to Jennifer at the breakfast table and said, I feel this sadness in my heart. And mm. I know it's not over, mm. but I'm just saying even in this transition, because uh, I think we have come so far in this beautiful journey together as a family and are seeing where we're at. It's mm. like... Yeah, I'm gonna miss Scotty. Yeah, uh, Jennifer said, "Yeah, me too." And it's like, Ooh. yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, I will miss you too. I will miss, uh, I miss everybody uh, that that has a close proximity um, to us here. And um, I really do think uh, there's a couple of things that um, just reflecting, I think, is a really powerful tool because yeah. you can obviously look back over, particularly a two-year period of time. You know, it's it's actually a short period of time, but a Very lot short. transpires <laughs> in our world in two years, and. Uh, and uh, you know it's a very busy, uh, a busy lifestyle that that we lead, and um, yours is a little busier than mine most of the time. But uh, I really do think, uh, in looking back, there's there's something that I have tried to. There's two things that I've tried to cultivate in our team here, and in, in in the team and in the culture of the office. And one is the spirit of excellence. Um, I had an encounter probably about ten years ago. Uh, when I was stepping into a leadership role uh, back in Brisbane, and uh, I really wanted to do things well, and I'd sort of come out of a performance um, culture, you know, uh, 
private school and you know academic culture and all of those kinds of things corporate world and really felt like the lord gave me an insight he, the difference between perfection and excellence mm. and he said to me he said if you honor me with excellence you have a legal right to expect my presence to inhabit that excellence mm. and it really transitioned me from a perfection culture to um to a, a spirit of excellence That's because very good spirit of excellence is not about an outcome it's about an attitude mm. and uh, i can adjust my i can adjust my expectations of the outcome um if it doesn't meet the bar exactly where i would you know had envisaged envisaged it would get to but um i can't adjust my spirit of excellence mm. it's it's something that that flows from from who i am and i think that that has it's been beautiful to see our team engage with that um and 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 to to see that sort of come to life in different areas um, yeah, and you can see it even, I was just thinking about very shortly, we had somebody mm. that just stopped by the office. I think they mm. were actually purchasing mm. uh, some of your uh, your belonging yeah, that is yeah. going to be left there. But even <laughs> they described it, them just walking in. So, so I, I had never met these people, but we've mm. heard that over and over again. Yeah. When people are just walking in here and meeting the family here, mm. I think to some degree we were in office before and what yeah. we're doing is the kingdom family is what we're doing around the world. But yeah. now to see the very thing that... <clears throat> And when people can walk in here and feel peace, or they can walk in here and feel His presence, mm. they can see how we love one another. And yeah. even today, going out and having glorious lunch, but just walking in and seeing that that excitement, that's taking yeah. time to cultivate. And you've yeah. been the one that has been here, and yeah. I kind of go in and out of chaos yeah. all over the world, and then coming in. And so I, I was just thinking about it, even today, to see yeah, that's some beautiful. of those details. Yeah, and I think you know that's connected to my second point as well. In a way that you know, one of the biggest things that you had. Uh, I suppose charged me with when I took up the assignment of coming here was that you wanted to create an environment of shalom, mm. an environment of peace. Peace was the number one priority, yeah. because from peace everything else flows. Mm. And um, and you know there there have been many a times where we have had a significant lack of peace, <laughs> yeah. um, both in the office and on the road. And uh, because I think that's the nature of dealing with curveballs and yeah. the nature of dealing with a spiritual assignment because, of course, the enemy doesn't want us to have shalom. And so, yeah. and um, in some ways also we've done 10 years in two years. Yes. So in the yeah. sense of that, yeah. this is the intensive program. <laughs> intensive yeah. program, yeah. It's like getting a doctor degree in two years yeah, and pretty peace. much, that's yeah. it. But, uh, you know, one of the things that is connected to that, and, and this is the second kind of thing that I've tried to cultivate in our team, um, is that... Uh, you have a dream as a spiritual father you have a dream of what something what what you want to be birthed what you want to be built and i think um the the insight that the lord really gave me and i don't think this is necessarily new it's just my way of articulating it but as a son or even just as a servant you know even if you have an elevator you know if it, it, because there's many environments people that may be listening to this and they they're stepping into an environment where they don't have a position of sonship necessarily you can have a posture of sonship but there may not be you know if you're in a work environment that's a secular work environment they're not going to understand that language so it may be coming in that you're serving someone yeah. above you um, but as a son uh, the Lord sort of gave me this this language to say that you have a dream as a father but I have privilege and permission mm. to have vision for your dream and that requires initiative mm. That requires ownership. You know, it's it's about embedding myself in your dream, understanding what your dream is, and then recognizing that because of my position and because of my giftings, that's the privilege and the permission mm. that I have your permission and God's permission because I've been entrusted with the assignment. Mm. But I also have privilege because I have been given a position 
and I also have the giftings or the capability or the capacity to have vision for your dream. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really helpful for me because what that does is it it gives me the motivation. It's kind of like, um, you know, uh, I was talking to someone yesterday uh, talking about uh, companies or organizations that are employee owned. Mm. And I think in ministry and in, in churches or in nonprofits or kingdom assignments, we have to have that posture that we are actually an an employee-owned organization mm. because it's a family business. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's something that I've really gleaned from my time here is um, I've said it time and time again that I think the biggest gift that you are to the body life is that you give language. You give language to concepts and constructs that people are struggling with or they're, they're having difficulty conveying those and cultivating them as culture. And I think that the language that you provide to the body is one of the greatest things that we can steward as an organization, um, as a ministry and as a family, because um, I think everybody's pining for family, but nobody knows how to healthily, you know, describe it in a healthy way. Um, so that's the second thing that um, has been incredibly helpful for me, but also it's not something that I came in with. It's something that, you know, I kind of... Um, started to understand as I engaged with your language and with your dream and um, I was just thinking yeah. even theologically speaking on that is the old dream dreams but the young see vision or mm. fathers and mothers dreams but sons and daughters have vision yeah and then I was just thinking Papa God had a dream mm. but the son had a vision yeah so the dream of the father I want my family back yeah but the son then was willing he had a vision he could capture what the father had mm -hmm. that he was willing to leave his father come down here because he had a vision for his father's dream yeah and then he fulfilled that to restore again back again the family but just even yeah. I thought even theologically speaking to John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he mm -hmm. gave his only begotten son yeah so that was a dream of the father but it was the son that was perfectly willing to go that had a vision for his father's dream to mm -hmm. went in there and yeah. as part of of course the restoration of all things yeah this and even if you think about you know if you unpack privilege and permission you can exchange those words if you like they're the words that i was given but mm. um privilege i think implies many different facets of the culture of honor you know this position is a privileged position mm. and uh you know i often say there's a lot of people out there that i think would uh, uh pay a high price to come and have my position Maybe when they see some of the things that I need to do in the workload and some of those things, maybe they might. If they want to write a book on suffering, they yeah, could also know that. That's right, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, it's, it's a two-sided coin. Yeah. And I think we use that analogy sometimes um, that uh, there is, you know, with, with great privilege comes responsibility and that sometimes requires sacrifice and... Um, I can easily say that what I've gained is far outweighs the price that I've had to pay personally for some of the some of the challenges and and some of the the things we've worked through. But uh, it has been an incredible season, um, and I think the thing that I'm most excited about is that it doesn't end here. No. Um, I think that's one of the amazing the amazing things about what you are cultivating as a family movement, this kingdom family movement. You know, even in the last week, I've had maybe three conversations with some of the key sons and daughters around the nations um, about some of our projects that we're still working on. And, mm. and just the, just hearing even them reflect on, uh, you know, um, the relationships that we've cultivated um, between between us, but also the fun thing about the fact that I, I'm in relationship. I mean, when I finish here on March 15th, I'm taking a four week uh, sort of trip around <laughs> the states before I head home, and you're going to meet a lot of the family while you're yeah, there. Yeah, I'm staying. There's there's, <laughs> there's 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 four specific places that I'm stopping off and spending a couple of nights with people that are 
you know, keep 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 people that have have invested into my life and made an impact in my life, and um, and I know that that we will be family for for the forever, rest of yeah. forever yeah. for eternity. And so, yeah, it's um, it's it's I think I think it's an incredible example of uh, the power of relationship. Um, and even if you know, I mean, I gave you a brief overview of my my journey over you know first connecting with you and but there's so many different things even in that period of time which was probably around around six years you know five and a half year journey uh, that there's so many key things that the lord injected in terms of relationships and opportunities like i even remember in penang malaysia uh, before i had taken the job that was 2015 in august and you know, we were sitting there, and you you were sort of describing the different things that you you needed someone to be able to take care of, mm. and I think you rattled off about twelve different areas, ten to twelve different areas, and all of a sudden, my previous ten years of my career and my journey made sense, which was a very random. You know, I would always it wasn't that I was bouncing from one thing to the next, but as one door would shut, the law would open a very different door. Mm. Um, there was no trajectory that was you know um, trackable I suppose but uh, and I think that for me that really has highlighted the power of process Um, understanding you know Paul Manwaring says says it this way um, he wastes nothing he gets you ready Mm. and uh, and I think that is that couldn't be more true in terms of our journey you know uh, there's there's things that I've been able to do for the last two years um, that I would never have dreamed of doing or i would maybe not have had the skills of doing if some of those random doors hadn't opened um yeah and in in one degree what happened the first year we spent i mean you you stayed with us moved in with us yeah. so we really got to see family in all sides because yeah. you're certainly not moving into our home and yeah. just being part of the life on that level which by the way thank you yeah yeah <laughs> <you're welcome. laughs> so i'm just saying in a sense about the first year traveled all over the world together in yeah. regard to spending time and part of the reason well, the first year was almost half and half but you're saying okay let's you're out there meeting the family hanging around that and then the second year was more focused on now okay what do we need to do to yeah. be able to sustain this yeah. knowing how the life is on the road knowing the family movement what we're doing see the mission movement seeing some of those things you capture the heart kind of mm-hmm. of that and then it was coming home where you had to say no to more of that you still did some but mm-hmm. less you can say the first year 80% was more to capture the heart of what was mm. going on. And then now in the next moment, how do we how do we build? How do we set up an infrastructure? How do we rewire some of the house and put together yeah. what is needed for the next season? And yeah. that's what, and even I want everybody that is hearing that it was not, this was not me saying, okay, this time is over or Scotty. Mm. It was more us based upon the journey saying, okay, in the long term, mm. what, what is going on here? What is a bigger picture? And we do feel, I mean, I, I would be very, very grateful for all of the part of the process, mm. but more important, the relationship mm. that it's not just with me, but it's with the whole family worldwide that we have. So I know that it, even in my heart, in my spirit, but it's even the way we're finishing well, it's not how we start well, but it's mm. how we are finishing. Yeah. And then whoever is going to get this torch when that is over and mm. what it's never going to be your torch because nobody can be you but at least some of the things you have put in place now it's mm. going to be very easy for us to build on that it's kind of a solomon he set up the structure now yeah that there are so many things that we have in place so i will i mm. will always be grateful for it the family would be grateful but it's more than that mm. there's ongoing relationship 
with us that's going to continue as you're saying forever and yeah. so there's many things i reflect on and but just as i say a simple thing is just today of a lot of things that i'm seeing that is in place that we dreamed up it took mm-hmm. maybe a little while to get there yeah. but including i mean we did several yeah. books i mean people know in the last couple of years yeah. they can see what we have uh, yeah. not just what we accomplished because that sounds like performance yeah. but to see how a seed mm-hmm. has become a tree mm-hmm. then now we're starting to see that we're able to multiply that yeah. into a force yeah. worldwide yeah so and i think it's also like you mentioned it just before but i think it is important to just talk about transition because i there's very few places in the world that I think do transition well. Um, and I don't really think it's helpful to read books on transition and different things. I think it really comes from a posture of the heart and a relationship. And that's something that, uh, you know, even in the last two years, there's been examples or circumstances where I've seen, um, you know, people outside of, you know, in the extended family or just in the world or in relationship and all the people that we deal with that there has perhaps been, um, you know, uncomfortable situations or things and i've seen the way that you've dealt with those you've always dealt with them as a father first and and uh, you know that the love believes the best you know and hopes for the best and i think that that has given me a healthy construct of how to approach this and um i think to to give people a bit of an insight this wasn't just a decision we made a couple of weeks ago you know we had a conversation over 12 months ago about what transition would look like when we got to the end of the two years we had conversations in August. There were some prophetic words. <laughs> given that helped that, a little bit. Or, well, that or helped didn't a little, maybe well, help yeah, I think they created more headaches. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. David Wagner. Um, <clears throat> love but, you, David. Um, love you, David. Uh, but um, they, you know, we, we, we had many conversations about it, and, and it was always done from a posture of what's best for the family, what's best for each of us. Not There was never an isolated no. perspective. And, um, and it may surprise you, but we actually made this decision in October last year. Um, so we knew what was coming and uh, <laughs> we did quite well holding that a secret. Yeah, we did. Um, we did. But, uh, you know, so we, we really mapped out transition in terms of some of the things that we felt Lord, the Lord was prioritizing with us. Um, it was the transition was based on what was best for life. It was based on what was best for me. It was based on what was best for what we were stewarding. And, and I think that where we're finishing, you know, um, even though there's not a clear person to, to hand the, the torch off to, um, and I think that is also part of why it's a healthy transition mm. because I, I, it's not I have not looked anywhere else mm. even today we're maybe one month left here mm. not even that actually just it's a couple actually of weeks, about two and a half weeks, two, two and yeah. half weeks yeah. <laughs> Oof, time is running quick but even there as I'm saying yeah. that I, I'm not even looking at anybody else because I'm just looking at being here being 100% present mm. that has been my heart yeah. and I'm not even thinking about who is going to be next to this and because that's not what it is about yeah. so then when that is finished then we're going to just ask the father now because oh, everything has been him that has been doing everything so yeah. far what what is next so yeah. I think even that is a healthy thing it's not like yeah. we need to do something no yeah. we don't it's healthy enough where we can stop we have a team together we brought a great team a dream mm. team a family mm. and now it's just to say okay and, and we're going to continue. We're going to talk through how we're going to continue our yeah. journey no matter where we go. And I said that to you also that the rest of your life, I'm there for you. Yeah. I'm there to support you. I'm going to be your greatest yeah. cheerleader. I'm being there. So I think that that's a, just that is a good answer in regard to what transition looks like mm. that we have not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, there's different ways of saying it, but the number one priority is relationship, you know, and uh and I think that that's what the family culture, it has to cultivate that. If it doesn't cultivate sustainable relationship, you know, I've, I've heard you articulate it in many different ways, but it's not, um, 
it's not based upon what we agree on that brings us together. You know, it's whether we can actually have covenant relationship through either disagreement, disappointment, distance, all of those things. I'm very thankful for technology and the fact that I'm still going to be able to add value um, to certain projects that, you know, are in the pipeline um, from afar. And, uh, yeah, and so, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's not really, for me, it's not really the end of something. It's just, it's just, that's I think where we've used the word transition because it's transitioning to a new season relationally and obviously geographically. I am going to be returning back to Australia for some time and spending, spending time with my family and my friends and, and uh, drinking good coffee. <laughs> not saying America doesn't have good coffee, but um, that is my love language. So, um, but uh yeah, and I think uh, it's going to be exciting to see the, the opportunities that the Lord opens up for both someone to, to come in here and to, to take things to the next level uh, and also in terms of what he opens up doors uh, for me in the future. Um, and I think one other thing I just just I just felt like uh, I was meant to share was uh, over Christmas I was actually reading um, I was reading 1 Corinthians and I think it's in 1 Corinthians 2, but I was reading the Passion Translation and it says something along the lines of this, that a master craftsman is given a unique set of gifts for a period of time to build a foundation. And then upon that foundation, another craftsman comes along and builds upon that. And it does go on to, to talk about then the fire of the Lord will test, you know. And, and um, But there was a footnote in the Passion Translation against the word gifts, mm. unique gifts. And uh, it says that it can also be translated as a unique season of grace. Mm. And uh, and so when you reread that, it can say it can be interpreted to say a master craftsman is given a unique season of grace to build a foundation, and mm. then another craftsman comes upon and, uh, and builds upon that foundation. And that was incredibly encouraging for me because I do like to finish things. I don't like to quit, mm. and uh, I also am on. I'm always looking for um, you know sustainability. Like I, I, it would be devastating for me if I had invested everything i've invested for two years here for the advancement and the growth of what you feel god's called you to steward and then it'll crumble in a pile when i leave Mm. um i don't think that's responsible nor do i think that that is sustainable um so that was a really encouraging thing for me and the lord spoke to me and he said i intentionally lifted the grace off your assignment Mm. um because based on my character my personality you know if you're familiar with the enneagram i'm a two or a two three (laughs) which means i generally put other people before myself and uh not to put a label on myself but uh you know i I do i know where my weaknesses are sometimes and i think that it it, that was very helpful for me um because uh uh, it gave me i suppose the self-grace if you like Mm. to say okay well i can trust like maybe more the perspective that i can trust the father that he's got the next craftsman that's going to come along and steward um, and maybe it's maybe it's more people maybe it's a team of people maybe it's you know different people stepping up in the family and saying hey i'd love to take responsibility for helping out and adding my voice and value to 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 what you guys are doing so i always think about something i don't even think i've ever shared with you it just came to me but mm-hmm. i remember the very day years has gone along there was actually when papa jack almost died and mm-hmm. i was driving back from the hospital mm-hmm. devastated and I remember when Papa God says, son, you've had a vision for your father's dream, mm. but now I'm going to fulfill your dreams. Mm. And something hit me at that time, wow. because 
I've been used to being a son for so long. Mm. Uh, and it's not that I'm still a son of Papa Jack, but I'm just talking about that something shifted in regard to now, even what we're doing in a sense of the mission movement. Mm. And that was secondary because for mm. so long I had been in a journey. I'm going to be a son, have a vision for my father's dream, and that's to raise up a family. That's what Papa Jack, a kingdom family. Mm. But part of my dream was the nations, the least, last, lost, all of that. But I remember that clearly. It was like... And I think that happens with a lot of us. I mean, Jesus was such a son to his father that eventually he became an everlasting father. So he, for 30 years, he just had his eyes on his father's business. That's when the heavenly father came in and said, mm. no, this is my beloved son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. Mm. And then from there, now he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. And Jesus started mm. with his dream after he had a vision for his father's dream, both in a natural and then supernatural. So I thought that's a, wow. it was just a very powerful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, it just hit me at that moment that yeah. you know, you've had a vision, because I've seen that in your life, with, mm. including everybody else. You have a vision for their dreams. Mm. And I think that that's the shift in this season. That what are you dreaming of, Scotty? And when that sunset of one thing's happening, the sunrise of the other one is taking mm. place. And as mm. the sunrise of things that has been there, mm. and then now as a result you will have a lot of other sons and daughters will coming in they will have a vision for your dream yeah. and that's what's happening now as yeah. a byproduct of that so yeah, that's awesome i've not thought about that before yeah. we just sat there and that i think that there's it's um that's been a challenge just being a little vulnerable you know i don't know what's next and i'm actually i'm actually quite at peace with that yeah. Um, I know that there's going to be some rest and some vacation. Yeah, <laughs> and you deserve it. Lying by the pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was probably, it was a voice of the apostles in 2016, I think. And um, uh, a gentleman uh, who, uh, an older gentleman was sitting, I was sitting at a dinner table and he, he said to me, he just looked over at me and he said, son, what are your dreams? And it was almost like someone had stripped me naked and put me out in the middle of a crowd. I felt, totally exposed because I couldn't answer that question mm. and uh, you know I really did feel that I didn't know like I had no uh, it wasn't that I didn't have dreams it's just I don't really know what they are like I can't articulate them in a sense of something weighty or something tremendously significant um, you know I mean I have some dreams that are more materialistic than others you know like a particular car or you mm. know different things but um it was a really interesting experience for me because uh, I think now I'm getting perspective on why that was so significant for me was because uh, I don't think you can, if, if you are fully surrendered to serve someone else's dream, you can't be distracted by having your own. Mm. And some people might argue against that, yeah. but uh, I do think that, you know, if you think about, if you think about, you know, someone who's like a deputy politician you know the vice something or the deputy prime minister in my country if they have an ambition to run for the position above them you know a, a greater a greater greater purpose then they're going to be distracted in serving the person that they're really meant to be serving and and i think that that brings disunity and i think it also um it can also bring discord and so even looking at that you know i've never really known what the next thing has been for me when one door is closing and it, it's it's kind of like that position of you know step out of the boat and jesus says come follow me you know and like or come to me you know and it's that i'm stepping out of the boat in blind faith i think you are as well a little bit you know i and, am yeah. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> we're both going to sink or swim <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh and uh the um but i think in a way for me 
I'm not really interested in the destination of where I'm going. I'm interested in, and, and this is something that the Lord gave me perspective on about three or four weeks ago. He said, so many people are focused on their destination. Like, what do I need to do next? Or when I'm going to do this? Or where am I going with this? Like, what's what's your, your five-year plan? And it's like, if you have that perspective, it's going to be more difficult for you to have the, the perspective that the purpose is the relationship you cultivate along the way. Mm. Like that's your destiny. People, people, people are my passion. Um, and whether you're cult- like the, the cultivation of your relationship with the Lord and your cultivation of relationship with people, that is my purpose. Mm. Like that's my destiny. And so if I'm focused on, well, what position am I going to have next? You know, is there going to be a great invitation to come and, you know, do something exciting? Or am I going to go and start another business? Or am I going to go and serve someone else or whatever? They are all great things and they're very valid and they may take place and that's fine. But if I'm focused on what's next, then I I always violate my priority of relationship in my life um, because you will often cast aside people to obtain the next thing or the next position and you forget that if I don't, you know, someone said to me the other day, they quoted that famous line, you know, if, um, you know, a leader's only a leader, if they've got followers, like mm. if they look behind you and there's no one following Follow. you, just taking a walk, yeah. you know, it's a John I, Maxwell. Yeah, quote. it's a Maxwell quote. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so powerful because it's like, that is what relationship is about. And that's, I think, what I value most about the family is yeah. that. And the other thing I think is just for anyone listening that one of the major gifts that you are is just also constantly connecting. And I've just watched this from uh, when I see a lot of body apostolic leaders I'm around. Mm. the value they have it's not just that we explore and find a printing press or write or certainly now all these people getting their dreams fulfilled because mm. you you found maybe something to solve mind but then recognize what well, david wagner needs this or so and so and, and before you know it it's a whole mm. so then i find people all over the place that suddenly mm. from the writers to this and that's so just the way you be connecting that and then mm. adding value to people and connecting them and many times i watch it because mm. that on a distance you start to see oh Scotty was the one that connected that mm. or Scotty was involved here. So you can smell a, a little of the aroma of your special sauce that has mm. been mixed in and a lot of different things that is taking place that, oh, wow. that people are not being aware of. So it's just another it's one beautiful. I've noticed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a, a joy and a privilege and an honor to to be here for 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 this season. And I'm excited about what what's next for both you and for me and for the family. Yeah. And um I will continue to stay in touch, and um, you know the, the the joy of social media and uh, FaceTime and video calls and and relatively short plane flights. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Flight from Los Angeles to Brisbane is not so short, but <laughs> um, but uh, but it's it's exciting that you know we have a global family and we have access to them and access to each other. So. I wanted to release a prayer now one yeah. because I do sense yeah. and I want everyone that is listening here also just even as you're leaning your hearts towards Scotty mm-hmm. in this season and you're praying for him and honoring him and just uh, perhaps even you have a word but just connect him on social media or mm-hmm. connect just the, the whole family come together with him and let him especially in the next few months as this is going on let him just experience that all of us are coming together and just staying closely connected to him and I just want to release a blessing over both him and, and the rest of the family Father, I just want to thank you so much that um, Scotty uh, became an answer, an answer to my prayer, 
to my family prayer, but also to the whole kingdom family movement that he became an answer to prayer. But more important that Scotty also came in as a son and he found a place at the family table and he found his special sauce and he started to add value to everybody else around the table. And I thank you for these supernatural connections, these supernatural relationship. And I thank you how the whole family, not just here, but all over the world, how, how all of them, he has added value because of who he is. But I also thank you how the family has added value to him and who he is. And I thank you for this next season that we're going to have together. And I'm just even releasing now this Father's blessing over Scotty mm. to be able to dream, dream, dream. And I thank you, Father, for the next season, like I've shared with Scotty, that how personally speaking, how we as a Kingdom Family Movement will help in any way that we can for Scotty to fulfill his dreams. And it's always going to be included in helping other people fulfill their dreams because Scotty dreams, and that's why I'm even hearing that you are such a dream releaser and I see that many of your dreams is going to be fulfilled by you helping other people fulfill their dreams. Wow. And that's part of your dream because you are a dream releaser. You're releasing the eagles, you're lifting the cages, you're helping them and you're getting your freedom and you're getting your fun by watching those eagles soaring again and getting up and experiencing the joy of living in a high places soaring on eagles wing capturing the new vision new feathers and just seeing this whole group of people so i thank you even and i saw there was earlier a book even in scotty and i just release over that book that is connected to who he is and his special sauce and i just uh, even after we finish this podcast i would share what that is with you personal because i didn't want to make that pressure public right now because he's gonna focusing on resting receiving in this season and just experience Experiencing the joy of just uh, uh, yeah, experiencing just recharging his tank and it's out of fullness everything is going to flow thank you for his family the joy for me to get to know his family in Australia even the price they have paid and especially also his nephews and now as he's going back again to be able to even hang out and spend time with them mm -hmm. but also in the next season as as, as there's been one sunset, I thank you for the sunrise that has already started to take place. And I thank you, Father, that in the middle of this thing, it's going to be the most beautiful transition that we have seen and that even that the, the, the world has seen. So I'm blessing mm -hmm. the rest of your life, the rest of your life, Scotty. And I thank you that you are a dream releaser that's going to release people to dream and your dreams is going to be fulfilled in the middle of all of that. I release that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, well, thank you. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you soon.